How to Coach Your People to Rock Star Status with Connie Kadansky. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join national presenter and consultant Rory Rowland as he discusses another aspect of powerful coaching and how it transforms people to improve your organization. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Hi, Rory. Hey, Paul. Thanks for the opportunity, my friend. I appreciate it. Well, I'm glad you're here and you're going to talk about something near and dear to me. And that's sales coaching. There you go, my Man, friend. I, I have know. been through so many sales coaching programs. <laughs> well, we should have you do one of these programs then, man. Just have you just flip on the switch and let it rip. Well, I, l- let me rephrase that. It's more like sales training more than coaching. Mm. So I'm really mm. interested to hear this conversation you have, how sales and coaching go together. Because I've all the different techniques of sales, um, it seems like there's lots of training out there on that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. There's lots of sales training. But the challenge that I see that it, where it fails is on the coaching side of the mm-hmm. equation. Uh, they'll send their folks to sales training, and you probably experienced that. Yes. But then when you come back, your manager doesn't know how to coach, so they never really follow up on the concepts, the ideas that you learned. Right. So I'm really interested in this conversation and and how you merge those together with your guest. But that's really what you found. That statement you just made is how impactful coaching can be over other types of training. Absolutely. I mean, I call it sales learning. I don't call it sales training uh, because we have people lean in rather than just sit there in a classroom and I do diatribe all day. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's incredibly difficult for people. So we do sales learning I ask them questions. We give them scenarios. What's the best way to handle this? So they actually have to lean in and think about it. I put the thought bubble over their head during the process. Uh, Whereas most trainers, they just have you flip open a workbook and you just listen to them drone on all day. Mm -hmm. Uh, I find that incredibly boring. We don't do that, nor does Connie do that. And so we talk about how to coach your salespeople to make them rock stars. Well, that's exciting because those are the type of programs I've been talking about when I brought it up. So I'm interested in your conversation with a, a sales expert and you as a coaching expert and how that merges together. Um, Absolutely. Before we get in the conversation with Connie, tell us a little bit about Connie Kadesky. She is a call reluctance sales expert. She helps people overcome call reluctance, but she also coaches all kinds of sales managers so they can help coach their teams. And uh, I just love her wit and her sense of humor. And she's just a delightful person. We had a great conversation. And so let's do it. If you, if let's flip on Connie's portion of this podcast, what do you think? Okay, Rory, here's your conversation with Connie Kadatsky. Welcome to Coaching for Potential today. We're here with Connie Kadansky. And Connie, you're so good at this. You've got your elevator pitch down. Rather than me doing an intro, you tell us about you. So thank you, Rory. So I am a sales call reluctance coach. So what that means is I help salespeople get their ask in gear. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> and you know, the other day somebody says to me, so Connie, what is coaching? Mm-hmm. And I said, coaching is a series of intentional conversations that inspire and enlighten the client to really capitalize on what they do well. And at the same time, equally to take a look at what's tripping them up, Mm -hmm. their habits, their vices, their mindsets that just are not serving them. And so that's what the coaching opportunity coaching conversation is all about is really taking a look at both of those equal. Excellent. And today we're going to talk about coaching salespeople. So 
Do you have a salesperson success story where you took somebody and you worked with them and you helped them over a hurdle, an obstacle, or an obstruction of some kind? Just recently, a salesperson in the direct advertising business that was 15 years in the same industry, same company, and she'd had a terrible dry spell. And you can imagine the company was really looking at her. So she reached out for some coaching. We really worked on the mindset, on taking responsibility. And also part of what the way I coach around mindset and prospecting is to get people to really understand that this is not about them. Anyway, after the first coach call, she she, in one week, she had sold two new deals mm-hmm. that put her into a higher tier level. And then after the second coach call, one hour after the second coach call, she went into the, a top tier that she had not been able to hit in 15 years. Wow. So that's where when you really, really take a look at the underlying mindset, the motive, and also the reason I really enjoy coaching because I believe it it helps people across 24-7 is helping the salespeople understand the value that they bring to the marketplace, that they are in a essential piece of the puzzle, Mm -hmm. no matter what they're selling. So I know it's going to be ethical and it's in the business field, but really to recognize that they're an essential piece of the puzzle for the overall success of the marketplace. And when people can get that, wow, they're so much more confident because they're not focused on themselves. They're focused on outwardly on how can I help somebody be successful? No, I agree completely. And that's very important. But no, I love that story. That's a great story about a salesperson. And so let me ask you this. She went to you for coaching, but what you're really saying is she wasn't receiving that coaching from her management team uh, or they could have helped her. If if her management team knew how to coach, they might've helped her get over this hurdle herself. What do you think? Well, yes. And most management, they don't have time. And especially Mm. with a 15 year veteran in the industry, they usually just say, just do it. Just pick up the phone. Just get busy. And that's all they have time for. And they're mm. not willing to hear anything other than, I sold something today, right? Mm-hmm. You're an executive coach and you help salespeople coach, as whereas I'm an organizational coach and I teach all the managers in an organization how to coach. And I've I found out if they all learn how to coach and ask these questions, um, they don't need me down the road. And that's what I'm trying to get to. I'm not trying to run you out of business, but uh, you know, man, I think managers need to learn how to coach. And I realize they feel like they don't have the time, but they're just missing huge opportunities if they don't do this. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. And most managers are tellers, Mm -hmm. just like selling isn't telling. Right. And so they're tellers and you know, it goes back to the old adage is when it comes out of my mouth, they doubt it. When it comes out of their mouth, it's true. Right. And so for managers really to get some basic coaching skills on having and the characteristics of curiosity, I think that what's missing in a lot of management is curiosity and innovation. And they see how their people are good enough to be able to innovate through situations and they just start telling people new things and then they start getting into resistance and now you have a, a conundrum. Yeah, absolutely. I agree completely. And 
managers can make a huge impact. I was talking to a gentleman the other day. He's a coach. His name's Doug Booker. He had a great line. He says to managers, master the art of asking the question, what do you think? And I just think that's such a brilliant, if managers were to stop telling people what to do or stop telling them what they, how they should go about it, or you've been doing this for 15 years, just get out there and do it. Sometimes there's, you know, sometimes as in golf, you get a, a giddy up uh, and all of a sudden you can't, you can't do it. And you need somebody to step back and say, so what were the questions that you asked her to help her reset her mindset so that she was able to get that kind of performance turnaround almost instantaneously? Yes, 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 yes. And you have to listen to be able to ask questions, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the listening plays a big part here. And we hear with our ears, but we listen with our brain. We all have a preferred way of listening. So there are some managers that listen to like, what's in it for me? What's in it for me? Other managers listen for the data. Other managers listen to how is this going to affect your prospect, your clientele? And some are more conceptual, but really to be able to to listen at a deeper level and listen to what is not being said. And you know what, Rory? I think that what needs to happen is for managers to be able to witness what coaching is and experience what real coaching is and just see how it just unfolds mm-hmm. record some record a few good coaching sessions and play them back for managers and to, so that they can see the deliciousness and the value that comes out of it i absolutely agree and what i'm going to i'm going to make it an analysis here and i could be wrong so correct me if i'm wrong and i say that a lot in coaching when i say i'm i'm seeing it from this perspective and correct me if i'm wrong and some people do correct me and sometimes they go no you're right on on track. But with her, it sounded like she wasn't being heard from her leadership team. And she just needed somebody to say, you're good at this. You can do this. I know you've been doing it for 15 years, but it sounds like she just needed that a reassurance and then to go back on getting the horse with some confidence. That's what it sounds like really her mindset barrier was. Am I right or am I wrong? Well, yes. And she made the manager, her boogeyman. Mm. And sometimes salespeople do that. And then they do stop taking responsibility. Mm. And so that's one of those psychological little traps that people can get into. We all can get into those, but it's just really recognizing what that, when that happens. And in a coaching relationship, when trust is built, the mm-hmm. client can be truthful Right. They can be vulnerable. They can say, this is how I'm feeling. And the coach isn't going to shame them or, or make them feel bad. The coach is going to pick up on that with curiosity. And then that's where the trust develops and moves from there. I agree completely. I have a, a little matrix I've created with managers since I've been working with them. And I call it the have it matrix. And it is, are you honest and humble? Are you authentic, vulnerable and engaged? Do you have integrity and is there trust and truth in what you say? Mm. And I think managers have to have, they have to have it. If they don't have it, then they're not going to be effective as managers. If, if people don't see those characteristics out of their managers, it's just not going to work. And it's not, and when I work with people and I don't get that sense that they're being honest, that they're, 
you know, I say, how are things going? Or oh, things are going great. Well, if things are going great, your CEO wouldn't have hired me. Okay. <laughs> things, <laughs> things are not going great. So I'm not the person to try to convince. Now your CEO might be, but I really need to have an authentic conversation here. And until they do that, that doesn't happen. So I love that success story. And it, it was a success story almost instantaneously, you know, a, a couple of calls and she was way off to the races again and really uh, had her confidence back, was back on the horse, winning races again. And it was just a, a great experience for her. So what are the keys to coaching salespeople from your perspective? What's the, the keys in that process? Well, it's for coaching everybody is just really appreciate them. I love mm. salespeople because they're courageous, they're risk takers, they're experimenters, they bounce back if somebody if they do something they don't wallow in it. Now, I'm talking about the salespeople that I seem to attract is that they're able to just take a look at it. And I mean, even myself, I made a cold call not too long ago and the executive answered the phone. <laughs> and I, I guess I, <laughs> I know I wasn't really prepared. I, what, I messed it up so bad. I mean, I was like, and it didn't work. And I hung up and I just took a deep breath and I said, okay, there are 350 million people in the United States. This was just one person. You have a whole lot of more people to call. And what did you learn? And then just kind of move on. And so salespeople are unique in that they really do enjoy convincing somebody to do something. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a real characteristic of salespeople. They, they wake up every day and they have activities and key performance indicators that they must do in order to get their bonus, in order to get paid. And so that is that they have that in way to internally generate themselves. Now, there are salespeople who can fall in a funk and that that's where I can come in and really coach them on how to get out of that funk. What, what What's causing this funk, right? And to be able to have them open up and really start talking about it. And I have an assessment that helps to identify what's causing this funk too. Uh, I will tell you personally, when I, because uh, I've been self-unemployed for 25 years. So you and I know what it's like to be self-unemployed. I always call it self-unemployed because I'm always looking for the next deal. But I will tell you when I get in the funk is when I get too cocky when I just get too confident, I don't ask enough questions. I just feel like this deal's mine. And then that's when, you know, I, that's when I blow it. So I've got to have, it's there, that balance, that's almost a, a tight wire of, oh my God, I'm not going to do this. I've got to do all the things right or in not be too confident. That's my hiccup is my personal hiccup is when I get too confident. That's when I mess it up. Mm. And so that's, that's in golf terms, that's my yip. That's when you get the yips, when you don't, when you can't make that close putt, you just, you're right there and you can't, you can't get it. So, well, and you know, in another way is where I think that with salespeople is that if they outperform their own sense of value, meaning let's just say I was coaching a recruiter mm -hmm. and he was a new recruiter and recruiting is sales on steroids. 
he was making his 62 calls a day and everything was going well. Well, you know what? In three months, he made $50,000. Wow. He had never made $50,000 in a month in doing anything. Mm -hmm. And he, he outperformed his own sense of value. And the next month, Zippo, second month, zero, third month, zero, and he left the industry. And so that's where with salespeople, where I coach them to really understand their sense of value, because when they do, they're inherently a better performer. Mm-hmm. And so that where what happens where and I see that where people have they've hit their level. It's kind of like how much money do you need in your wallet when you leave the door? There are some people that need a dollar. There are some people that need a hundred, some a, a thousand. Right? It's right. what is their comfort zone and their own sense of of value. And when they have a month where they didn't do well. It's like, I'm better than that. And then they just jump in. But it's always, always expanding on that ability to perform at higher levels, talk to people that are the higher level prospect, have that courage to interview people. And that's that's what's the fun part about coaching salespeople also. Yeah. And I want to go back to the guy that was the recruiter and, and dropped out. It would have been fascinating because I know uh, Tony Robbins does this and he worked with Andre Agassi and he tells a story when he was working with Andre Agassi. When Andre was doing well, he played a video of Andre walking onto the court and he just walked on the court like he was a tiger going after his prey. And then when he walked on the court and would lose a match, even before he the, the first ball was hit, he walked on tentative. He walked on without that that just that tiger look in his eyes. And so, as of course, you know, Anthony Robbins does a lot of work about state. What's your mental state? Where's your mindset? And I think that you're absolutely right with this young man. He felt like I'm not worth $50,000 a year and he just, or 50,000 a month. And so he could never bring himself to say, I'm adding that much value. But if you actually, if clients are hiring you and they're paying you for that, the perception of value is not necessarily what's in your mind. It's in what's in their perception. Do they see this a value? And they clearly did. And so they were willing to pay him for it. I, I think it's tragic that he actually pulled away from the industry. I think it's sad because he had the skills and he had the mindset and he, when he was doing it and then all of a sudden he made the money and, and he saw. So that's a great example of sometimes people are afraid of success. Yes. And the two behavioral scientists that I work with said that fear of success is is a label. There's something deeper there. Mm. And that's where the coaching comes in to finding out what is it that is deeper there. And Mm -hmm. it's resistance of some sort. And I really believe that the reason that coaching is an investment and not an expense Mm -hmm. is that where we work with people in really embodying their value and Mm -hmm. talking about Andre Agassi is with the coaching that I do is really looking at body, emotion, and language. Mm-hmm. And the body is so important around how is somebody when they're determined, what is their posture like when they're when they're open and trying to get that 
prospect to trust them? Are they open? Is that body language? And what is that emotion that they're experiencing? Because we can't hide our emotions as much as we would like to. It's it's going to come through the voice mm-hmm. and the body language. And then also the the language. What's going on internally? What's the what's the curiosity around the particular event that you're going into is everybody has their own little way of getting themselves in the, you know, putting their game face on, so to speak, but it has to be really authentic. But those three things play a part. No, I agree. Uh, body language or your body, you know, how your body feels, your emotion and your languages and, and self-talk is so critical to salespeople. That's just gigantic. So important to have that. So what's other tips you would give to coaches out there, managers out there trying to coach salespeople? Well, you have to respect them and you have to feel comfortable in the sales arena. There's one type of sales call reluctance that's called role rejection where people just aren't comfortable in the sales environment. And they actually believe in the stereotypical type of salesperson. And that just is so aggravating to me because all selling is, is solving people's problems for a profit. Mm -hmm. Really, you have to respect them. You have to enjoy the industry. You have to be comfortable with the sale and be okay with it and realizing that you're, you're helping somebody solve their problem. You are adding value to whatever it is that you're selling. Mm -hmm. And so it all goes back to the coach's mindset and to recognize that they do have some fears and ask them like, what's your, what are you afraid of? You know, Mm -hmm. and, and be so open and thinking that, you know what, I'm afraid they're going to do this or that or something or the other. And also just get curious because I had a client not too long ago, it was in the financial services industry where it it was a big deal. Mm -hmm. And it was this, this client had promised to bring over a hefty sum of money and the client just totally disappeared and he wouldn't respond phone, text, email. And the salesperson was just financial services. He was just so upset and started going into, oh man, I must have offended him. I didn't do this right. I didn't do that right. Well, two half months later, the client called and said, my mother passed away and he had to go into way over into another country with because of his mother's death. And it was like, that poor salesperson put himself through hell for those two and a half months. And what happened was it had nothing to do with him. So really, really watching different things like that. But you bring up a really great point is when we don't know, it's amazing the stories we tell ourselves. <laughs> and that is so critical for salespeople. It's so critical for coaches until you actually ask the person, and get a, what I call a cluster evidence. They go, well, I don't know if they, because sometimes individuals won't know what their barrier is and they can't articulate it, uh, but they know what's there and there's the reluctance or whatever, but you got to keep asking it because you and they will continue to tell themselves weird stories that aren't relevant and won't take us to the conclusion that we need to take. And I think that's just a critical 
critical component of, of success of coaching salespeople. With that, go ahead. Well, and that makes a good point, Rory. And so a good coaching question is, so what are you making it mean? Mm. What are you making it mean? I had somebody that managed a remote office and she said, I haven't talked to the CEO for 10 days. He hasn't called me. And I said, well, what are you making that mean? And it's like, what? And so that question can be so powerful for people to start really looking at how they're making up stories that bring them down the self-doubt spiral. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that almost the, uh, the death spiral of sales. You start telling <laughs> yourself stories and you just get yourself into a death spiral. And that's so true. Uh, you just got to quit telling that story to yourself and continue to work at it. So Connie, any last things that I didn't ask you that you would want to share with people on how to coach salespeople more effectively? Opportunities are never lost. The ones we miss go to somebody else. So really having your... <laughs> your opportunity where you see opportunities and it's not only for you, but get comfortable seeing opportunities for other people and letting mm. them know, wow, you build some goodwill there is just, just because if you look at salespeople that they are looking and they see opportunities for colleagues, for customers. I mean, just always seeing something like that. So, and as far as coaching salespeople is really have the good equilibrium of looking at and capitalizing on their strengths and building them up and acknowledging them. One thing about coaching salespeople is don't say, hey, you did a great job there. No, you have to be specific and says, and just say, your follow-through was exemplary. You could have really let that fall through the cracks and you chose not to. So the difference there in giving that concrete feedback that is customized and meaty and nitty gritty opposed to, oh, that was a great sales presentation that you did. It means nothing. And salespeople, they, they like to hear that, right? And so for coaching salespeople, get really good at noticing what they're doing well, capitalizing on it, and feeding that back to them because that's another way to help them strive for more and more and more. No, I agree. That's a great way to look at it. And I do like the concept that see opportunities from the other person's eyes. You and I have talked a number of times on the phone preparing for this, and you've been so kind to give me a number of opportunities. So I cannot say thank you enough. You obviously live that mantra. So, you know, congratulations on that. So how do people get a hold of you if they would like to overcome some sales call reluctance or learn how to coach salespeople more effectively? You can give me a call at 602-380-5431. And what's your website? Exceptionalsales.com. Mm -hmm. And then email is Connie at exceptionalsales.com. And connect on LinkedIn. 
and just say, hey, I listen to that podcast and let's have a conversation, an intentional conversation. So I'm always open to having conversations. Excellent. I, I absolutely love it. And I cannot say thank you enough for being on Coaching for Potential today. Uh, and I think these are just great tips for folks to help them coach their salespeople more effectively. So well done. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. That was Rory's conversation with Connie Kadansky. So great conversation. Thank you, my friend. She is a wonderful connection. She's actually gotten me connected to some other folks that I wanted to get in touch with. And so she's just been, I cannot speak highly enough of her. She's a great friend and a great colleague, and she's just got a great business. We've known each other for probably almost 10 years now, mm. and she just does a great job in her business. And I just wish her the best. I've always wanted to have her on the program. So this is a great opportunity to have her on the program and have her talk about her skills, her expertise, and how you can help coach your folks because we're all involved in the sales process one way or another, That's right. selling our manager an idea, selling our team an idea, selling people an idea. And we need that for ourselves but also to be able to help our team become great at the sales process because without revenue, organizations don't succeed and they don't survive. And we've got to keep bringing in new things because guess what? You have turnover. You have people who leave or their company goes someplace else. So they go out of business and you've got to have something to replace that. And so sales is so critical to organizational success. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you can check out information about Connie at exceptionalsales.com. So check her out there. Now, if people want to contact you, Rory, what's the best way to do that? Absolutely. We've got coachingmanager.university. It's a 52-module online program. They can send me an email from there. Also, if they're listening to this program today and they would like a free scholarship to coachingmanager.university, they just got to send me an email, say they listen to the Connie podcast, and I'll give away one free uh, scholarship to every per, or to one free scholarship per episode. So if somebody uh, writes in and they said they didn't get the one for Connie, listen again and then send me yeah. another one on another podcast because I'm continuing to do this. Uh, but it's 52 module online program. They can also get a hold of me at RoryRoland.com and uh, just look me up on the, the podcast. And we'll also uh, you can listen to the podcast as you are now, but share it with your friends. Yeah, share it with your friends. Give us a uh, good rating there on Apple Podcasts. We would welcome your feedback as well in the reviews. And uh, we, that, that's quite a, uh, you've said this other podcast, but that is a really great program that you're giving away to someone that contacts you. So thanks for doing that, Rory. Absolutely. And lots of people have used it and they've found it to be very, very helpful in their career. All right. Well, thanks again. We'll see you next time. You bet, my friend. Have a great one. Thanks for listening to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join us next time for another discussion about the power of coaching. This has been a KCTK production produced by Paul Lavoda and Rory Rowland. For more information and content, visit RoryRowland.com.